Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Got a little extra swag this week now. Absolutely. Players only back in full effect. The second to last week will be on the air for this incredible season. Got Joe Mays in the house. He's back. Yep. We are back in the building, and we told them not to kick us out. And uh, so far, so good. So we're back in the building. We're able to talk to y'all here in Kansas City. Just want to let you know, Joe, that I, I'm finally starting to like you a little bit more. So That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you're finally. wearing on me, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's been a year, a year plus, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't see how you can't, I don't see how you can not like me. Well, there's still defensive players I don't like, so from ah. 20-something years ago. So you, you got to consider yourself uh, being blessed I, right now that you're close. Don't I get, screw it up. I'm not, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, because I know that you're a dangerous man, hence. Dangerous. You know, <laughs> Hence, <laughs> hence your nickname that, oh. that we heard about uh, a couple weeks ago. So, look, I'm, I'm just going to try to steer clear. Oh, my goodness. I'm going I'm to try to steer clear, and then I'm going to bring in the special team aspect because we were both special teams players. There we go. So the that's where we can link up. You know, that's how you get personal with me. When you start bringing up special teams, that's where the glue becomes real. That's when it really gets sticky. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people, they don't understand how big – you know, that third phase is and, That's and, right. and how, you know, that third phase, it, it created jobs for us, for yep. us. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, make my way early on in my career on special teams. And, you know, I was able to play eight years after that. So, you know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate you for finally accepting me. Oh, Hopefully I didn't say it. Well, well, not 100% now. Not right, 100%. That's what I'm talking about. All right. you know, what I'm we're talking close, about. though. We're closer than we were last year around this time. Yep, yep. Well, that's Joe Mays, eight-year vet. In the NFL, played with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I am Danon Hughes, former wide receiver with the Chiefs, six years, special teams knucklehead, as Joe talked about as well. And we got a lot to be excited about this week. I feel like I've been running around in circles since late last week. Last week was an amazing week, an amazing uh, week of preparation and and a very emotional week oh, yeah. as well. Uh, but how about that win? How about the fact that all the stars were aligned mm-hmm. and we got to see it, and I think there was more added to it, that we got to see it and witness it at home. How about that defense? I mean, the defense. Why, 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 why you bring up the defense first? I'm, because you know what? The defense, they took a lot of, a lot of flack this year. That's a true. ton of That's it. That's true. You know, when it comes to the offense, those guys, they went out there and they and they brought the game in, game out. Defense, you know, early on, you wasn't sure what you were going to get. So, you know, to see them, you know, play this well the last month and a half of the, of the season, including the postseason, it's been amazing. And, you know, they, they're continuing on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, we'll stick, stick with the defense for a, a while because um, – there was a lot of high expectations. Bob Sutton leaves the defense that dropped the ball last year mm-hmm. uh, was expected to be revamped. 
And as you and I have talked about, and we've had guests on here, Mark Collins and other defensive guys, uh, the expectations in society, not just in football, but in society is instant gratification yesterday. Yep. They want the, the results to be as best as they will be yesterday. And it takes some time. Absolutely. There wasn't excuses that you talked about and that other guys that we've had on air throughout the season on players only each and every week. Um, they didn't give excuses. It was true rationale yep. that it takes time to build a defense, build a rapport, build trust. And pretty much right around that time where they played the Titans and got gashed in the running game was mm-hmm. seems to be when things came together. Yeah. Uh, and then it's been on fire since. Oh, and yeah. I know you love to see the defense playing in sync like that and guys making plays, not just making tackles. Exactly. And then you have guys that's actually leading the team by example. And then also, you know, being the voice of the team. Talking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Frank Clark, when you see Frank Clark go go out there and and make plays and then get his teammates involved in it, it's not just about what he can do. It's about him bringing the team together and everybody playing well. You got Tyron Matthew doing the same thing. So, you know, to have these guys, you know, come in and be, you know, just the leaders of the defense, the leaders on the team, and to be the voice and be the guys that, that show from example and then have the rest of the guys follow, it's amazing. Yeah, and you know what? I am, you know, a big trash talker. Yeah. Always always yeah. have been. You talk about it, you better be about it. Absolutely. I never uh, gave flack to anybody that talked trash as long as they were backing it up. And I know there are people on both sides of the fence, you know, walk humbly, walk softly, carry a big stick, oh, or yeah. or all those different people. That was me. But, but I'm a guy that's like, I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do, see if you can still beat me, and and I'm going to tell you about it afterwards as well. Yeah. And um, Frank Clark, uh, with his words, challenged the defense, challenged uh, Derrick Henry, challenged the whole Tennessee Titans offense to replicate what they did when he was hurt, replicate what he did, what they did when the defense wasn't at its best. And that's a challenge, a huge challenge, in the biggest game of his career and the biggest game that we've seen in Arrowhead history, mm-hmm. and he backed it up. Yeah, man. He, cha- uh, and, he challenged himself. I know, and 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 you know what? I love that. Yeah. I love that about a guy that has that much confidence in his boys, has that much confidence in his coaching, has that much confidence in himself to say, I'll take all bullets. I'll stand right out here, and I'll be at the forefront. If we lose, if we don't get it done, blame it all on me. But when we get it done, bring that mic right back to my face, and I'll tell you exactly why I said it. And mm-hmm. and um, for a guy that had a, I wouldn't even say up and down year, he had a down then up year. Mainly, we found out late that it was the injury yep. that held him back. Uh, and then how how apropos it was for him to get the sack to end the game, basically for the Titans and uh, the big plays he's made pretty much since he's been healthy. Uh, this is the energy that this team needed in the past couple of years. Yeah. And it's not a knock towards Eric Berry. It's not a knock towards Tom Bahali. It's not a knock towards Justin Houston. It's the fact that you have some of the same players, but you have a different mindset, uh, some additions that are adding to the skill set, but there's a different attitude. Yeah. Those guys didn't practice pretty much all week because they were injured, nursing in injuries, and questionable seemingly every single game, in and out of games all season. Mm-hmm. 
That doesn't build, you know that, that doesn't build camaraderie. That doesn't build trust. I don't care if you're a Pro Bowl guy or an All-Pro guy. you got to be on the field with everybody every single day. Absolutely. I even seen a tweet by uh, Tyron Matthew talking about, I don't take days off. Frank Clark, hey, I don't take time off. Um, that's an attitude that can resonate with a team, not just on the defensive side, but that's the attitude, the swagger that you're even seeing, you're going to see in uh, in the Super Bowl with the 49ers and Richard Sherman and those guys up front. They have that same kind of attitude. So that's what's going to make that a, a, a great matchup. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. But the defense really did their thing. Yeah, I mean, and everything that you said is absolutely true about those guys too. And we're also talking about these guys are the big money guys on the team, yeah. on the defense. And normally, you know, you hear about guys when they get paid, they kind of sit it down, they kind of shut it down a yep. little bit. They don't go out there and throw their bodies around. They don't go out there and risk it, you know, play in and play out. But these are the guys that's, you know, talking about not missing days, talking about practicing, talking about being with their teammates, being out there, you know, whether it counts or whether it doesn't, whether they have the, the camera on them or whether they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty huge when, you, when, you, when you're trying to build that camaraderie amongst the team in that locker room, you know, to, to be a guy that is a high earner, and but still, he doesn't let his play slip. He doesn't let his practice habits slip. He's still, you know, preparing for the game as if he was a guy that was, you know, trying to grind towards getting that big money contract. Yeah, so I, yeah. It's you awesome. know what? You regardless, everybody's brothers in the locker room. Yeah. And you know, for me, I've always said, you know, I've I, I've had people that I've grown up with back in New Jersey that are still cool. No diss to them, but. When I look across the locker room or if I look across the stands now at somebody I played with, Mm -hmm. there's an eye contact and a connection that automatically uh, garners respect because I know what he went through with me and for me. I know that he put his body on the line. I know he wakes up with the same aches and pains, maybe worse than I do. So there's always that connection. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when you know, when you truly know, okay, man, this guy had basically a torn t- uh, arm. His arm was basically ragged for yep. the beginning of the season, uh, and yet he still was out there with me. He, it still meant that much to me. That's the bond that's outside of the game. That's the oh, lifelong yeah. bond. Regardless of what happens at the Super Bowl, that's the lifelong bond that you have with players um, especially guys that are on your side of the locker room or on your side of the football. I played with a lot of guys that took days off, and they're, although I loved them and although I knew they were going out there putting their bodies on the line for me, there was something extra about the guys that I knew that came in the weight room every single day with me at 6 a.m., 6.30, that didn't worry about, okay, you know, back then we had guys that would get huge bonuses if they worked out for 80% of the workouts. You know, I was there for the hundred percent because I couldn't I couldn't afford to do anything different. So I automatically had a better, stronger bond with those guys that were the blue collar ones that were with me and not just there for the amount of time they needed to get their two hundred and fifty or five hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah. So it's special. I would have never thunk it. Thunk, thunk it. is a word. Thunk. Thunk is a word this week because I would have never thunk that we would take the whole first segment recapping the Chiefs Titans. AFC Championship and not talk about the offense. I know, right? But everybody's that's talking about that. Hey, we everybody's talking about else. We give some love to the defense now. This is oh, a yeah. complete team. So, Joe, we have done something I would never have thought we would ever do on a show that I was on. We have successfully, I guess you can call it successfully, utilized the whole first quarter of the show and only talked about the defense. Yeah. What in the world is going on in my brain? 
I think you understand that defense wins championships. Let's not go that far. Hey. We're going to get there, but let's not go that far. I but we still got to talk about the offense. So the second quarter, we're going to talk a little bit more about the offense and this Super Bowl team and uh, just some of the experience that uh, has resonated around the Chiefs' kingdom. We'll, go, we'll talk about that next. This is Players Only. All right, we're back. Second quarter, players only. Joe Mays in the house. I am Danon Hughes. And, yes, this is a Super Bowl run for the Kansas City Chiefs. 50 years 50. in the making. Yes. And we finally got it done. We talked so much about the defense and their exploits in the first quarter. Got to give some love to the, to the better side of the ball. <laughs> The offense doing their thing, <laughs> averaging over 40 points in this playoff, yeah. uh, imposing their will, even from coming from behind in each game, and just getting the job done. And I know it, it might pain you a little bit to talk about the offense, but uh, from your perspective, especially from a defensive mind, what do you see in this offense and what they were able to accomplish. I mean, it all, it all starts with the general. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's basically an extension of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy being out there on the field. He's controlling these guys. He's 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 leading these guys into the end zone every single time, every single chance that he's that he gets. And he's not only leading by example, but he's he's leading by being a voice. Yeah, you know, he's getting these guys pumped and amped up. He's getting the crowd into it. Um, I, and and you know, when you have a quarterback that is is so explosive that can, you know, make plays with his arm, with his legs. I think it kind of fuels the rest of the offense to where they want to be able to help and be able to do things to take a little bit of pressure off of him. And so far, so good, man. I mean, they've, they've, they've done a hell of a job. And this past game, I mean, it was just amazing to see uh, with them being able to put points on the board after struggling a little bit in that first quarter. Well, I, I had the luxury of playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in Joe Montana. Getting my first catch in the playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers of my career. And but I will say I say that because the mindset of being a player or an uh, uh, intended playmaker on the offense with greatness at the quarterback position mm -hmm. is you don't want to be the one to screw up. Yeah, no. So even as much energy and as much ability and as much speed as we have on this offense, those guys I'm sure in the back of their minds don't want to be the guy to screw up mm -hmm. because it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes' fault. It's not going to be when it's on Sports Center, when it's on highlights, when it's on YouTube, et cetera. It's going to be because you did something wrong yep. and not because Patrick Mahomes. So when you're watching those guys improvise and he's scrambling and they're working their way back to the quarterback or going deep, the mindset is I need to get into a place where I can make a play mm -hmm. because if I don't get there, it's not going to be because Patrick didn't find me. It's going to be because I did something wrong. I'm The spotlight is going to be on me. So the fact that the players recognize that and they don't allow it to handcuff them. You know what I mean? Sometimes you play amongst greatness and you are thinking so much that you wind up not doing and you wind up not reacting and being an athlete that God made you to be. So – I give props to those guys for having that kind of mindset. But Patrick Mahomes and, and Mitch Holtis was screaming it on the call. I think the best play of his career, which we're talking about left-handed throws. We're talking about uh, zigzag uh, uh, scrambling against the 49ers, which I thought was his come out, come out play, come out party. 
uh, and multiple other plays, lasers down the field, that his running, that scamper for the touchdown run after the scramble, tiptoeing down the sideline, uh, high-stepping past the first tackler, and then spinning off of tackles to get into the end zone. You know, not not that the Titans had a chance before that, but they absolutely had no chance after that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a phenom, is. and we've been desperate for that kind of playmaker at the most important position in sports since the '90s. Before, yeah. since earlier than that, and um, it took a long time to get a first-round pick here, obviously, uh, but. Uh, there's some pictures of Lenny Dawson. They've photoshopped Lenny Dawson passing a torch or giving a handshake on the field to Patrick Mahomes. That's rightfully so. It's been a long time coming, and to have a guy that has that much energy and, and that much enthusiasm uh, and that much effectiveness on the field is, I mean, that's a trifecta that not many teams have had. No. Um, and so we shouldn't take it lightly. No. We shouldn't get cocky and think that there's Super Bowls going to be coming uh, and these guys are going to be wearing rings all over each hand because, let's remember, there's greatness in Green Bay. He has one Super Bowl. There's greatness in New Orleans. Drew Brees, he has yep. one, Super, one Bowl. Super Bowl. There's greatness in Seattle. There's, he has one Super Bowl. You can go through the list. Dan Marino, one of the greatest to ever play, played in one Super Bowl. Um, so there's still a lot of work, but we, we can definitely keep our heads up high with knowing that number 15's at the helm, and as long as he's healthy, we'll always have a chance in every single game. Yeah, and you know what? This upcoming year, I mean, with this season right now, this current season we're talking about, he's about to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm just going to speak it into existence. There's no reason to sit here <laughs> and, and, and say anything otherwise or anything different. You know, he's, he's about to win this, this, cha- this team, this organization, this city, a Super Bowl. And everyone is going to look back at that scamper that he had, that, that touchdown run, and that was the player. That's going to be the player of the, of the playoffs. Of the Super Bowl run, yeah, you know, to see him make a big play because a lot of you know, that's where you get your, your superstars, you get your your phenoms and and the, and the different players around the league. They always have that one play that they look mm-hmm. back at, and that's gonna be that's gonna be that. I mean, he just wasn't gonna be denied. Yeah, you know, he he was gonna score. Wasn't any you know nobody was gonna tell him any or show him or do anything to stop him. So. Um, man, it, it 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 was amazing to see. It was amazing to you know sit there and witness that. And uh, I, I'm just I think from a coach's standpoint, I'm sure he was looking like I'm sure Coach Reed was looking, wondering why he was doing it. But the end result, I mean, I think that that proved everything in itself. This is players only. And we're back. Halftime's over. We got out Tohi. Got some some fruit. Got our hydration back. Yep, I got We're my ready to rock and roll halftime, and we are back. Players only. Joe Mays, Danon Hughes, each Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. during the Chiefs season, and we got bonus football and bonus players only. While they're still playing, we'll still be on the air. Look forward to a big victory final show after the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, and uh, it's going to be an amazing run. But we talked about that the experience of the AFC championship last week and Mm -hmm. the emotions that have flowed through a lot of former players. And I'm sure many of the fans at Arrowhead and how, just how the stars aligned where the dolphins beat the Patriots open up the door for the chiefs to have the two seed. Then the Titans beat the Ravens and opens up the door for us to host the AFC championship 
everything fell in line. And before I get into the stuff we talked about uh, coming up off the field, it re- reminded me being a baseball guy, even though a lot of people know me as a, as a former chief, I'm more of a baseball guy mentally than I am a baseball, a football guy. Uh, reminds me of the 2014 run with the Royals yeah. and uh, how similar in situations, whether it's last week being down 24 nothing or this past weekend being down 10 nothing, that you go back to that 2014 run when the A's are up in the latter part of the game against the Royals, 8-3, to um, with John Lester on the mound who had not lost a game in having a lead after seven innings, and yet we came back and got it done in front of our home fans yep. and how that catapulted us all the way to the World Series in an amazing run. I couldn't help but think of it the same way when I'm watching these Chiefs teams and how they're able to overcome uh, deficits early and then just pummel teams afterwards, especially these last two weeks. So that's an amazing parallel to me. 35 years between the times or 30 years between the times they got uh, a World Series win and now we're standing on 50 years possibly uh uh, be, between the times the Chiefs get a win in the Super Bowl, it's no it, it, the stars are aligned right now. It's it's absolute at this point. You think so? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking it. I mean, that's what you have to do. You yeah. have to speak it. Got to believe existence. it. Got to believe, believe it. it. And if you speak it, you believe it. Um, and, I don't and, believe in jinxes either. So. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I believe in if you're telling yourself you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And and you know these this Chiefs team, they're going to go and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure all of their guys are in the locker room saying the same exact thing. And they're carrying themselves that, that same way. So uh, a lot goes on off the field. And sometimes we get to tackle things and we get the text line and some callers that call in that don't want us to tackle off the field issue. They'd rather us spend an, an entire hour with X's and O's and football and uh, what's going on with players as it pertains to wearing the jersey. Well, they have to take the jersey off. Yep. And they have homes to go to and they have lives outside of the locker room and off the field. And some of that can involve racial issues, racial divide that's in our country. Some of it can involve mental health. Yeah. And uh, this past week, for, for several weeks now, there's been a question as to Antonio Brown and some of what people considered antics off the field, how he basically um, washed away his career, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of money. Uh, by questionable acts and responses that made you shake your head and wonder what in the world is going on. And now as we're seeing more unfold, uh, we're seeing his agent. Just for people out there who don't know, agents don't give up on players, especially if they're multi-million dollar talents. They don't give up on them. But yet his agency, Drew Rosenhaus, is basically pushed him to the side and said, until he gets help, we're going to terminate our relationship with him. So things don't become real until they become personal, and that should be a reality sign for Antonio. And yet he had another instance recently this week in regards to uh, battery at his house. His neighbors are complaining and want him out of their subdivision. Um, I have come to the thought, and many probably semi-professionals or professionals uh, in the psychological world believe that there's something wrong with him. Mentally, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone is is more so worried about Antonio Brown instead of 
you know, focuses focusing on the antics, yeah. on the things that he's doing out. out it's transition. It's transition. I think people are more so worried about him because you know normally you don't see people you know just decline in the way that he's doing. I'm not saying that you know he's declining physically, but his decision making. You know the fact that you know he wants to be, or he's putting himself in the media. You know, in this bad light, in this terrible light. I mean, you know, over having, and over, over and over again. Yeah. You know, when it comes to him, you know, kicking his baby mom, baby mothers out. You know, or having the police, you know, calling the police on her to come escort her from his house and cursing them and out, cursing the police out. I mean, you don't see that, you know, from anyone, let alone seeing it from you know a, a player of Antonio Brown's stature. So it makes you wonder. It makes mm-hmm. you worry. Um, and of course, I'm worried because I'm, you know, I, I want to, I want to know what's going on. And there's people out there that care about him. Drew Rosenhaus, yeah. he care about him to the point where he removed him, himself from the situation. We don't know everything on the back end, but I'm pretty sure Drew has had several conversations with him, wanting him to at least get some type of help, speak to someone, oh yeah, to see if there's, you know, some way that we can that we can help you out, or you know, if if it's a if it's any mental issues. Let's go ahead and get it on out of the way now so that you can have that possibility, if you want to, to continue playing the game of football. And start the healing process. And we've seen that where guys have made some questionable decisions, gotten necessary help, Mm -hmm. and then were able to resume their career. Uh, But it's not so much about the career at this point. I mean, when when you're doing some of the things that he's doing, it's no longer about being ignorant being spoiled or any of those tags that people wanted to to label him with. It's yeah. about being sick. Yeah. And 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 then uh, a couple of days after that, we get a story of Delonte West, former NBA player, played with LeBron James, uh several years came from St. Joe's when they had an amazing run in the NCAA tournament uh years back, nice little lefty guard that yeah. I thought was was smooth on the court and um He's pictured a video getting beat up in the middle of the street and then showed bloody on the side on the curb and has also had documented situations with mental health. Yeah. Um, it's real out there. And, and, and I do believe as much as people love us as former chiefs and former players and, and kids look up to us as role models and so on, there's a lot of envy and bias towards athletes in this country. There just is. Yep. So you can go on Twitter, you can hear comments, you can listen to so-called professionals on, on talk shows, and there's always a little jab about a professional athlete, whether, it's, whether they're talking about political issues and they shouldn't, or they're talking about uh, social issues and they supposedly shouldn't, all of those different jabs. But in reality, there are people out there that have similar problems off the field, out of work, as many athletes do like Delonte and what we're seeing with Antonio. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate when you talk about, you know, people and, and you talk about these these players, these athletes, you know, all the people worried about is the amount of money that they've made. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's all the conversation is. He's made this amount of money, so, you know, why should I care about what he has going on? He's already – he's okay. He His pockets are already filled or whatever the case may be. It's not all about money. Yeah. I mean, you can have a ton of money and still not be happy. You know, that's and I true. think you see that – not with just athletes, but, you know, just your normal everyday people. I mean, at the end of the day, athletes are your everyday people. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they pay as much or more in taxes than everybody. They, yeah. Most of them have had some sort of or complete college education. Yeah. Uh, they've come from meager backgrounds and have basically catapulted themselves up. So they've gone through uh, 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 multiple levels of, of 
taxable income, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a voice. And I can understand it as a parent, as a grandparent, uh, maybe in the back of people's minds, maybe subconsciously, hey, that person is already influencing my son on the court, on the field. He's already, my son's already, or my daughter's already looking up to her. Um, I don't need them to influence them politically. I don't need them to influence them socially. I don't need them. They're already wearing clothes like them, asking for shoes that are $200 like them. I don't need that. Now, that might be the sentiment for some parents, and there's nothing wrong with that thought. Uh, but that doesn't make what they're saying any less real. It doesn't make it any less important. Um, their issues are their issues. Uh, I'd like to see a time where uh, you don't, where we don't see people just kind of cast off guys like Delonte West yeah. and like Antonio Brown because they're their erratic behavior. Yeah. Um, be concerned. Have some empathy and recognize that you're you're you have a front seat, fortunately or unfortunately, to watching someone spiral downward in a way that they can't control. Yeah. And I think it's important for these organizations to really, you know, bring in people that can help these guys out yeah. while they're playing. Uh, so that, you know, you don't have situations where an athlete looks back in hindsight and, you know, was wishing that they, they reacted a, a certain way or reacting differently than they did uh, before because th- that's all you hear about. You know, you hear about former players always looking back and saying that I wasn't in my right mind when I was making these decisions yeah. or I wish I could have done this different. I think if you have people that's in the building that can help out at any time of the day, I think that's going to be extremely important, especially moving into the future because this game, the, the game is the game. Yep. You know, it's going to always be the way it is. It's going to, it's going to always be physical. You know, these guys are going to be aggressive and it's going to get, it's going to get even worse or I'm, I shouldn't say worse, but it, it's going to be make a bigger impact because these guys that's coming in, they're bigger, they're stronger, stronger and they're, they're faster. faster. Yep. And, you know, even though they, they come up with great equipment, it doesn't necessarily take away the fact that, you know, that they're having this impact play in and play out, game in and game out, week in, week, in, week out. So yeah. it's going to be extremely important to have people that can help in the in-house and also encouraging these guys to get help out-house. Yeah, and you know what? They, like I always say, things don't become real until they become personal. Yep. And with athletes – I want people that have a bias that are quick to send a tweet about Kaepernick but reluctant to like a post about uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, doing something great. Those are the people that kind of get under my skin. I allow to get under my skin. Uh, They'll they'll be quick to press send on something that's happening bad that involves an athlete, but you won't get the same likes or won't get the same reposts on something that's positive for an athlete. Uh, there's hypocrisy there, but let, but going back to my point about being real, um, just close your eyes and envision yourself at 19 years old, going from $10 a day, $10 a week per diem, to seven figures, eight figures in your bank account. Go uh, close your eyes and think about the relationships that you thought you had that were real friendships that don't become that or don't transpire to that as you get older, because they become leeches. Think about the the family uh, responsibilities, the friend responsibilities, the business requests, the lending, all those different things for a 20 to 26-year-old person. I have a son that played sports in college. He's 24 years old now. I can't even look at him and think about if he had to go through some of the things that a lot of these athletes do. Now, there's some people out there now that'll say, well, I'm not going to feel bad for him. Well, that's the part where you need to look in the mirror and put yourself in that predicament or put your child in that predicament. Maybe you'd have a little bit more empathy and understanding.
Yeah, put yourself in, in their shoes. Yeah. You know, they, you got to think, these guys, they have a camera in front of them day in and day out. Every part of day. their lives. Every part of their lives, including when they're out in, in, in the public and even, you know, even when they're at home. You know, they have someone following and watching and looking and keeping an ear out and the eye out for everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it, it may seem like a huge deal that, you know, people are putting this life and, out there. Yep. And yeah. their families, because yeah. you, you go back this past weekend, LeBron James's son gets stuff thrown at him at his own high school game. For what? Yeah. Because he's LeBron James's son. Yep. So, that I mean, they're, now we're starting to move it into the kids, which is really, really dangerous yes. and, and, you know, demented to say the least. But we got more Chiefs to talk about. They got the fourth quarter coming up. When we come back, we're going to get into the preview of the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. We're talking Super Bowl here in Kansas City. My goodness. This is Players Only. I like that. I like that. It's the fourth quarter. What is it, Joe? It's money time. It's money time. It's Super Bowl time. It's money time. And it's time to bring that that championship home. But first, let's, let's visit the 49ers Chiefs game. Let's, the, let's visit it. But the fact that we had to roll a quarter on the table instead yeah. of we didn't have no dollars to be shooting yeah, out. We, we don't didn't. have that dollar gun in here. Yeah, I mean we don't next have any. Next time after the Super Bowl, we'll bring that. I think we need to talk about next next season too, having a special effects, a little button that, that we can press ah. with everything that we need on it. We got to grow. We got to talk to Spec. Yep. Get it done. Spec, let's get it done, man. Yes. <laughs> well, we got a Super Bowl coming up. All the Chiefs fans are excited. I feel like it's kind of the calm before the storm right yeah. now. Everybody is kind of coming back off of their high from Sunday and then having Monday off for MLK uh, birthday. And now they're kind of sinking down a little bit because it's going to rise up maybe around Sunday after the Pro Bowl. You realize it is Super Bowl week. We will not be on the air next week uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. So this is our opportunity to talk about the preview. Um, Joe your perspective on this matchup and uh, the excitement leading up to it. I think the first thing I think about um, is D4 being on that 49ers team. <laughs> and, you know, him playing his former team, the team that did not want to bring him back, the team that felt he wasn't worth the money that the 49ers paid him. Um, I think he's going to have a little bit extra to play for that week, for sure. And, I mean, also with this 49ers team, I mean, they showed how dominant they can be. Um, they ran for 200 plus yards. Um, they had the guy in most. I think his name most start. Mostart. Yep, from Purdue. Um, yeah, he had 220 yards himself and four rushing touchdowns. So this is a team that's going to come in and run the ball. They're going to dress it up a little bit differently. It's not going to be your average, you know, two backs down here running game. They're going to do some things that's going to challenge this Chiefs defense. That uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Chiefs, you know, how they're going to react to it. You know, what what. Uh, what scheme they're going to put in in order to get, to stop this, and how they're going to react to the play action pass off of it because that's going to be huge. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he's turned into a really good quarterback in the NFL. If I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't believe in him too much yeah. at first, but he's shown that he can manage a game, he can manage a team, and he can make things happen. And you know, starting with Kyle Shanahan, he's shown that he can he can coach a team to the Super Bowl. And just his second year with the team, too. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. pretty impressive. Well, I, I think there's a lot to to be impressed about for the uh, 49ers. Mm. You know, you talk about Kyle Shanahan, second year, uh, being a guy that, you know, prior to this was known as two things. One, uh, having a dad that was a great coach and Super Bowl winner. Uh, and then two, 
being the offensive coordinator on a team that lost a Super Bowl being up 28-3 to against Tom Brady and when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. So he gets some redemption opportunity yeah. uh, as well. Speaking of redemption, going to your point about D Ford, from D Ford's perspective as a former player, you want to make your mindset leading up to that game is I want to make them feel everything about letting me go. Yep. And I want them to understand that they made the worst decision of their life. You hear that a lot when you when you talk to players and like we talked to Priest Holmes earlier and you know he was undrafted. I'm sure he had a chip on his shoulder every single time he played basically every single team because they skipped over him not once, not twice, but six, seven times throughout the draft. Uh, every player ca- carries that kind of chip on their shoulder. D Ford will definitely have that. They blame me. I was offsides. I lined up offsides. But what about all the great plays I made all season long yeah. and so on? On the flip side, you got Frank Clark on our defense that basically re- replaced him. Um, I guarantee Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher do not want D Ford to have any kind of shine in this game that will take some of the shine and brightness off of their guy, Frank Clark. No matter how much they love him, they played with him for several years. They will take it personal to make sure that number 55 on the other side is not going to be getting off in this game. So there's going to be some incentive on both sides. that Guys are going to take it more personal than it would normally be uh, in a Super Bowl. And then having the best defense against the best offense. And watching how that defense played against Aaron Rodgers and the pressure they were able to apply with just four men – or five men, not necessarily bringing the house. Uh, that can be a little bit concerning for Chiefs fans and 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 the preparation for the Chiefs. Um, but we got Patrick Mahomes, we got Andy Reid, we got Eric Bieniemy. They have all shown uh, an amazing ability to put together a game plan, a successful game plan with extra time, whether it's bye weeks or before the season and so on. So I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, my prediction is last week I said it was going to be 35-21. Yep. So I was three points off. So I'm going to add those three points to our guys and say it's going to be 38-21 this game. Uh, I don't think – I think maybe they'll jump out ahead depending on who gets the ball first. But I don't think they'll sustain it all throughout the game. And we have shown the ability to come back from any deficit. Uh, Jimmy G is a serviceable quarterback, but he has not had the weight on his shoulders of having to go – blow for blow, bullet for bullet yep. against a guy like Patrick Mahomes when they run in the ball so well. So they're going to come in, like you said, going to try to establish the run. Oh, yeah. And he only threw the ball eight times in the last game for 77 yards. That's so all he needed. He only needed that, but he ain't going to need – he's going to need more than that against Patrick Mahomes and this, and this Chiefs team. So it's going to be interesting to see how he steps up. George Kittle, former Iowa guy. Obviously, I love my Iowa guys, but to see the number one, number two, you can argue who's number one or two at the tight end position going head-to-head against each other uh, between he and Travis Kelsey. Going to be a fun little matchup. Yep. Richard Sherman against, I would assume he's going to be lined up against Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he, uh, will, yeah. he, won't, he won't travel with, with Tyreek Hill. Traveling with Tyreek Hill uh, is too much because he's going in the backfield. He's running uh, you know, uh, flare-outs from the backfield. We're doing way too much. Uh, so I think he would probably be stationary on Sammy Watkins, and they'd come up with some kind of combo coverage for Kelsey and Tyreek. 
uh, in the slots. So it's going to be a great matchup. You know it's going to be colorful. Our guys are colorful. Travis Kelsey with the mic in his hand at Media Day. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, Frank Clark. Oh, yeah. Tyron Matthew. And then their guys over there were Richard Sermon and Dee Ford and uh, Nick Bosa and 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 their cast of characters as well. Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun lead up. I can't wait until we get to Super Bowl week and we get to hear all the sounds coming from that week. And then I'll be down there at Hard Rock cheering on our Chiefs. I might even have some face paint on. Uh, oh, oh, watch whoa. out now. You can't. Nah, I, I would say don't do that. Don't do that. My nah, face is too pretty. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, because if you start crying, that face paint is going to be all over the place. And, I, and I wouldn't want you to. No, that that, could, that wouldn't be a good look for you. I could be. Now, this is this is really dating you, dating myself. But I could be like the Budweiser commercial back in the day. I love you, man. <laughs> Chiefs, I love you, Mar- Marcus Allen. I love you, Patrick Mahomes. Now, how many Budweiser's is it going to take for you to do that? Ooh, man. <laughs> I, I can confirm, neither confirm nor deny that there will be adult beverages consumed. Hmm. There you okay. go. Well, but there will be. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but I can't confirm that the Chiefs are going to win this game. You got it's it. Gonna, it's going to be a closer game than, than people think, though. Um, but I don't have a score for you. I think it's going to be at least a touchdown in between um, the Chiefs and the, and the 49ers. It's going to be a battle up front in the trenches. I think that's where the game is really going to be important at. It's going to be a battle with our D-line against their O-line and vice versa. Um, they have an amazing D-line. Yeah. They have some, they, they they have some bulls the up there. Yeah. They get after the quarterback. So It's going to be fun. And you know, huge. You know what, what's going to be weird this week is that this week is Pro Bowl week, and this is the first time, I believe, ever, that there won't be a Chiefs player or involved. Yeah, and that's a good thing. It's a great thing. That's a great thing. So we got a Pro Bowl that we're playing, basically a scrimmage uh, between the all the other stars of the NFL, while our guys get to sit back and watch and prepare for the biggest game of their lives. So the Chiefs fans know it's going to be the biggest game. I'm sure that leading Thursday, Friday, Saturday to Super Bowl Sunday is going to be amazing. The parties around town, the gatherings at the Power and Light and all the other bars, great bars around town are going to be amazing. And um, I look forward to the to the parade the week after. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun time, man. And we appreciate everybody uh, for players only that has supported us. And we expect to have a really, really strong uh, quality show to end the season and end this year's run behind a Super Bowl win uh, in two weeks. Yeah, and let's keep it safe out here, Kansas City. Uh you know, it was a little. It was quite a bit in the news. You know, after the, this Chiefs oh, yeah. win, uh, when it comes to a shooting, uh, that you know, while people was out after the win, so let's keep it safe. You know, everyone, if if you're gonna be out, please be out, be respectful, and and, res- and respect everyone else that's gonna be out celebrating along with you. And let's do it together instead of you know allowing anything else to come in between us, Kansas Cityans. Let's take care of each other. Indeed, players only. We'll talk to you in two weeks, 6 to 7, seven at uh, Players Only here on 610 Sports. Yes, we'll be back. That following Thursday. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.